It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of two, with a third coming any day now, a Green Lantern fan and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. Today on the show, the best Disney duos and what they've taught us about love and friendship. Also on the show are Disney. Discord argues DC Comics or Marvel. But first, today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. Today is International Chess Day. Yee yee. Actually, you know, I say that I haven't actually played a game of chess in years since since, since yeah, your wife since my wife flipped out on me. <laughs> my wife bought me a really nice chess set. We played three games, and at the third game, she flipped the table. <laughs> Jesus did have, it, so Daedra can too. And then we're like, well, <laughs> guess we ain't going to be playing chess together anymore. <laughs> I mean, we have to have boundaries within our marriage. <laughs> she she does not like games where only I win. <laughs> so that doesn't rare, I mean, that doesn't happen often. But when it does happen, she eventually just refuses to play with me anymore. So like when we're playing Mario Kart, I have to let her win occasionally. I mean. <laughs> just don't tell her I let her win. You don't let her win. <laughs> um, it's also National Lollipop Day. Yeah. Lollipop. I'm lollipop, a fan of lollipops. Lolly, lolly, lolly. Okay. And it's National Moon Day. Moon your friends today, everybody. No, that's not That's not it. Oh. Uh, it celebrates the lunar landing. Oh, my way is much more fun. Probably, <laughs> but also might get you into a little more trouble, so keep your pants up. Uh, all right. Once a week, we like to open up our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for some of our backrow buds to argue uh, some of the internet's favorite arguments. And sometimes we have an open mic free-for-all, but today we're going to have a one-on-one debate. Between our buddies Kiwi and MDB2, these are their handles uh, in the Discord, uh, as they debate DC Comics or Marvel Comics. Here's how the debate will go. Uh, there is only the one question. What is your brand, why is your brand better than the other brand? Kiwi will present his case for DC Comics first. MDB will then present his case in response for Marvel. And then after that, it's kind of a free-for-all. Uh, let's uh, let's jump into the chat and see if they're here. Hello, hello. Do we have a Kiwi and an MDB? Hello. I see hello MDB. There. Oh, Hi, hello. MDB. Hello. Oh. And Kiwi. All right. How's it going? Going good. How are you guys? Anybody? I am fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Kiwi, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. All right. So he's sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, Kiwi was going to have to be facing off against Toffee, uh, and Toffee chickened out. 
because he's playing a Smash tournament, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so somebody recommended MDB uh, to fight for Marvel's side. And apparently MDB knows what he's talking about because he's got how many comics? Uh, about 5,000 or so. <laughs> Um, I didn't include this week's buy. I got 17 Wednesday, so. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> I want to see a picture. Like, I want to know how you keep them organized. And I want to see a picture. I'm just they're saying. In, they're in boxes and boarded, or they're in a book form, and they're on a shelf. And my wife keeps telling me to find other places. But you know what? It's fine. It's all fine. So essentially, you look like a comic shop. Because that's, that's what comic I mean, shops are, isn't right? Isn't that the dream They're of living in a comic shop? You're an adult shop. with money. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's dive into this discussion. DC Comics versus Marvel. I'm going to let Kiwi go first and present your side. Why is DC Comics better? Uh, I, I think MD should go first. <laughs> what? <laughs> Poor Kiwi. All right. All right. I'll, 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 I'll let you... I'll let you uh, pass the buck here. So, MDB, let's give your opinions first. Why is Marvel the superior comic company? Okay. Mar Marvel is the superior comic company for a couple of different reasons. Um, they can focus on more than just, like, six heroes. Um, you know, once, once you get past Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, uh, you're starting to run out of things people will read for DC. Um, Marvel, on the other hand, has an entirety of the world of X-Men, which currently has... 12 different books out and all 12 books are usually once a month or twice a month coming out so they are extremely popular um, on top of your standard Captain America's and your Spider-Man's and then they're trying to branch out into a lot of newer younger individuals say like Miles Morales, Miss Marvel um, trying to keep them relevant trying to keep you know new stuff coming so that the current generation can have things that they grew up with and love and you know when the new mcu comes out in 2030 you know they're going to see characters they grew up with where you know when we're talking about dc we're still having the same characters that we saw in 1966 you know running around in you know the fun little batmobile um so on top of that, their distribution's even a little bit better. They're signed up with Penguin Publishing um, to, you know, really streamline that experience. So they're going to have tons of stuff coming out very quickly. Um, and they were smart enough to let themselves be bought by Disney, but not be controlled by Disney. So they have a extremely large backing, but they're not fully under their control. So they can still kind of be their own independent label. That's a good. Uh, that's a good argument. <laughs> Ki Kiwi, I, I think that you made the wrong call. But Kiwi, <laughs> Kiwi, Kiwi wrote in chat. Sweat mode activated. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Present your case. So I'm gonna be real. Yes, we have the original 1960s, 1950s, and 1940s Batman, right? And they're they're gonna be classic no matter what. And I'm gonna say this: the the new stuff that Mar or not Marvel DC is releasing isn't as good as what they used to be, right? It's because they don't have the original, like, staff working there. They don't have as big as a fan base as, you know, Marvel. But I feel like if if DC had a bigger fan base, it would have been a lot better, right? But I still think DC is better. It's because, one, I grew up on DC. I love Batman. Like, I love the older 60s stuff with Michael Keaton and a few others. And... When you really think about it, though, 
it comes down to the fact of are there too many Marvel characters to really remember any of their names? Because I feel like once you have once you have too many characters or too many people on the show, people are going to start forgetting and all their names, you know. So I think DC is a million times better than Marvel, especially when it comes to Heath, Leather, Heath Ledger as Joker. That was one of the <laughs> so best things they put to So you're heavy, in the, you're heavy in the movie department here, but what about uh, like in the comics? <laughs> the comics I themselves. honestly, I tried getting into comics um, like in ninth and 10th grade of high school a few years ago. I was never really into them primarily because I never grew up with comics. I always grew up with like the TV shows and the movies mm, okay. of DC, so, right? So if we're doing that, then let's let's open it up then to 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 all media. So what what about DC is is besides what you've already said? What what more about DC is doing? What are they doing better than Marvel? So at least from what I experienced, I love the Gotham TV show that DC had for a while. I don't know if you guys watched it. It's definitely one of my higher recommended shows mm-hmm. out there. And they have the Flash and Green Lantern and all this other stuff, right? That is, it's it's going to keep coming out and, you know. And with, with their newer media, right? They're going to have to get with the younger generations because they don't not, they're not putting out as much as they should like Marvel is, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have as big as a, I guess, a quote-unquote backing as Marvel has, right? But I feel like if they did get a bigger backing, other than, you know, Six Flags and whatnot, I feel like their fan base would start exploding up and coming back up again. Gotcha. So, we, we, we can go kind of free-for-all now, and you can, MDB, you can add your thoughts here on, on uh, movies and TV shows or whatever. Uh, I, I tend to lean... DC Comics when it comes to certain areas. Uh, I think you're absolutely right, MDB, about the characters in DC Comics. We focus really heavily on just the main six. Uh, But those main six are kind of iconic. (laughs) I mean, you, you ask people around the world to recognize Superman versus any non main six, you know. Marvel superhero or even many of the main ones they're gonna recognize Superman before they recognize anyone else or Batman but at the same time because of the MCU because of this 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 juggernaut of movies that has come out and still continues to come out and is just crushing it in pretty much every way they can they're becoming more and more recognized you got spider-man I think spider-man might be the only top tier um, Marvel character prior to the MCU that would be almost on par with Superman with recognizability. However, now this movie juggernaut thing has really gotten DC reeling. And I think that everything that you said, MDB, uh, is, is true and accurate and more so because of the MCU. I think it has gotten more eyes on the Marvel product as a whole, as opposed to those who just stuck with DC Comics because that's what they grew up with. That's what I grew up with. Uh, I think now it's gotten people more interested in these characters, in these side characters that you might not know their name, but you still recognize them. And uh, I think DC's got a long way to go (laughs) to get caught up, and I'm not sure they're going to. For the exact reason that you said, Kiwi, I don't think 
that DC Comics is getting the kind of support and push that Marvel is getting when it comes to creativity, when it comes to them not messing with everything. <laughs> like every, almost every movie that's come out with this new DC extended universe has been screwed around with by Warner Brothers after the fact. And for the most part, for the worse. Uh, yeah, you haven't add your thoughts there, MDB, for like movies and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so when when it comes to movies, DC, DC's problem is that they pick they pick the wrong backer. Um, I mean, no nobody wants to be the corporate sellout. They don't they don't want to have to do that. But if you're going to build a recognizable brand that's going to have the ability to survive in this world, you're going to need more than just nerds like me spending money on it. Right. Um, so they picked the backer that's that's gonna that was gonna win, and they picked you know they were able to get Disney. Um, if DC was able to do something like that, because WB for a while was a really good company to have picked, but can't seem to get their head on straight on that. Um, I think it would have been a good competition. And my thing is with this biggest argument, and I'm I'm gonna sympathize with Kiwi here. I, I need DC to be good. I want DC to be good. The better DC is, the better Marvel has to be. It creates the natural competition. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm my favorite comic book character is a DC character is John Constantine. Love the guy. Mm. Um, but it just, they have to try to do a little bit better. They have to be a little bit more better on their releases. Um, one of DC's biggest problem is they dropped the biggest, um, distributor of comics uh, to start up three smaller ones in their area. Um, which is, you know, good support your friends, build business, but it didn't go very smoothly. And even to this day, DC Comics can still be hard to come by for smaller shops because they're going to deal with the bigger shops instead of the smaller ones. Um, so, I mean, overall, DC just really has to start making decisions of how are we going to exist in 15 years instead of worrying about in five. You really need to start looking forward to the future instead of just immediate, which yeah. I don't know if Marvel print books will be there in the future, but I do know that Marvel media will be around for at least the next 15 to 20 years because the decisions they've made. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Now, I do think DC does have some things that it does better than Marvel. Uh, I think their TV shows for the most part, for the last 15 years or so, have been better up until just these ones with Disney Plus that have started. But I mean, like the the Arrowverse, Smallville before that, Gotham, like he said, they have been pretty killer shows, very popular. Smallville lasted for 10 seasons and killed it. Um, Their animation for like, like DC animation, like animated movies, animated TV shows, they've been spot on very very good 90 percent of the time um and then of course they've had big movies like you you uh kiwi you mentioned the dark knight heath ledger's joker i mean that whole series is iconic for batman uh i just went through them all again for the first time in a long time i'm like man these are gonna hold up for a long time um but yeah mcu though or marvel as a whole is is even if they don't hit the the highest peaks that some of the best DC comic stuff hits, they hit a consistently great level with very few dips in any any of their areas, any of their departments. And yeah, I think right now, as much as it pains me to say it, Marvel's the better company. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna agree on that with you. 
that Marvel is doing some pretty good stuff right now. But, you know, at least from my standpoint, I'm still going to stick with DC and say that, you know, they have those great TV shows. I'm going to say that DC did a lot better of a TV show job than Marvel, but Marvel has a lot better movies than DC. Yeah. It's from what I've heard from people that love both sides. And, you know, it's it's not going to be like one side or the other right now. Right. Well, it is obviously it's going to be one side because it's Marvel. You know, Marvel's always going to win. But <laughs> you see a lot of those loyal fans that are going to stick by by DC no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. Even if they make a crappy movie, they're going to figure out how to love it and make fun of it and stuff like that. Dude, I loved the Green Lantern movie. I don't know why everybody hated it so much. I loved it so much. It's just because you uh, love Green Lantern. <laughs> I guess that's why. You had to really love Green Lantern. You had to love uh, Jeff John's version of Green Lantern, which I did. Best 10-year run of Green Lantern I've ever... That's the only thing I own, like, every copy of. Uh, that whole 10-year run of Green Lantern. Okay, so I do want to say this before we end. Okay. From my very uneducated perspective. Okay. Um, MDB was talking about how the same six characters and, you know, DC hasn't really branched out or, or, and Marvel is going to have, this new generation is going to have characters that they grew up with, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, DC isn't doing that. And for me personally, I don't necessarily know that that is a good thing. And I guess from a business perspective, it probably is. It shows growth and they'll be able to carry on for for generation after generation. But for me, from from my perspective, as a mom who has boys who are very much into this kind of world, I enjoy having conversations with them about DC versus Marvel because I remember DC. I grew up with DC. You know, my brothers grew up with Batman and Joker and I can I can pull from knowledge from my own childhood and then have conversations with them and you know we can converse over it but talk about Marvel Marvel characters I, I don't really know much of anything and like MDB pointed out they're growing they're continuing to to grow more yeah. you know and so just when I think I know a character and their history and their backstory you know something changes and I, I so this old mom who is just trying to, you know, invest in her children's lives can't anymore because it's changing all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas with DC, it it not only gives you a bit of a nostalgia, but it also links the generations together as opposed to saying, well, this was my my comic book generation and then this is my children's comic book generation. Let's bridge them together. Let's unite <laughs> them. I get your thought. All right, so let's let's catch up with chat here. So Brother Mod here apparently was definitely on uh, DC side. Yeah. Uh, reminding, don't forget about Young Justice. Also, like Titans right now and Doom Patrol on HBO Max are both great shows. Really good shows. Uh, JC Phenom says in the uh, in the 60s through the early 80s, DC pulled no punches when it came to violence. Marvel was a lot more family friendly. The dark theming has always been a thing that makes DC feel different. And that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Like you watch Zack Snyder's Justice League or all these other things. You could really see between the two versions of the Justice League movie. Because the one that came out in theaters, which was largely retooled by Joss Whedon, who comes from the Marvel side of things uh, most recently, you could tell it was a lot lighter. It was a lot more 
you know, cheery and jokey and, you know, it was bright and colorful and they tried to make it more Marvel-esque. And then you saw Zack Snyder's version come out on HBO Max and it is dark and it is rough and it is not as funny. It has its moments, uh, has some weird things like Flash with that hot dog, but (laughs) it was definitely a grittier version of the movie. And you're absolutely right. Like with Titans and Doom Patrol, those are gritty shows. Like those are not... Those are not family-friendly <laughs> shows, uh, but but yeah, Marvel tends to go more, uh, you know, lighter. More more whole family can come. Yeah. Uh, I think the the biggest leap they're going to take is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because apparently they're trying to make this a very scary, intense movie. From what I hear, and that's going to be interesting. Uh, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And let's see mm-hmm. here. Uh, mm-hmm. Silver says, uh, I grew up loving Batman and Green Lantern and Spider-Man. I got into Deadpool in school. I still all I still love all of them so much, but Spidey's my boy. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool, especially. <laughs> he's he's kind of my favorite. Deadpool's pretty fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. And anytime Spider-Man and Deadpool crossover, it's just the best thing ever. And I'm really hoping really hoping one day we get a movie where Deadpool and Spider-Man are coexisting. Even if it's just a scene in some big movie with everybody in it, I need it. I need it in my life. Okay, we've gone long. This has been a good discussion. Thank you so much, uh, Kiwi. Thank you, MDB, for joining us. Uh, This was fun. This was a fun discussion. Uh, We love you. (laughs) Read more comics. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you, guys. Bye. (laughs) Uh, Always fun. Always fun to have these discussions. Uh, We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, Funfetti must be stopped. Stick around. Set it aside. Imagine this. I've just given you $20 and said you're in charge of figuring out dinner tonight. It has to be homemade and it has to feed the entire family. You find a recipe that sounds good, make a trip to the grocery store for all the necessities, bring it home and put it all away until it's actually time to prepare the meal. In the meantime, a member of the family was feeling the effects of hanger and made a mad dash to the pantry for a quick snack. Their quick snack, however, was an ingredient you just purchased for your meal, a crucial piece of the puzzle that cannot be substituted without a noticeable change in the outcome. Let chaos ensue. What if I told you you are that crucial ingredient, that you are handpicked and chosen for a specific reason to you? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. How comforting to know we were created with a purpose. No mistakes were made, no alterations needed, but more importantly than that, he set us apart, pulled us aside and placed us where we would be safe until our time for purpose had come. If you had only set your ingredients for tonight's meal aside and separate from the rest of the food, our dinner may not have come with as much stress and frustration. Those ingredients would be safe, not mistaken for something they're not. Remember your purpose. Even when we aren't fully sure of what's to come, don't forget you've been set apart by the creator of all things for a purpose specific to you. 
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows on Friday or Saturday before uh, they air with our friends on Twitch. So you can follow us at twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after the show discussion, discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. Plus, our normal Tuesday taste tests will now only be available on our video platforms. Catch it live on Twitch or later in the week on YouTube at youtube.ltnonair.com or on our TikTok at at the back row LTN. <laughs> you say TikTok fun. TikTok. TikTok. Tick, oh, no, TikTok. A tickety-tock. Maybe it's just a fun one, though. Now you ruined it. <laughs> Before we go any further, it's time for Mo's fact of the day. Been ruining lives since 2005. It is something I love saying in my home. (laughs) Uh, Okay. The folding chessboard was invented by a priest who was forbidden to play chess. The priest found a way around it by making a folding chessboard, and when folded together and put on a bookshelf, it simply looks like two ordinary books. That's cool. Isn't it? I'd like that. I'd like to have that in my bookshelf. That'd Uh be neat. Well, it is time. Oh, I'm sorry. You start this section. Ah, uh-huh. Yes. Na- change it up. Uh-huh. Yep. Now it's time we come clean and admit that we are major junk food nerds. And every week we like to showcase and talk about junk food that has been recently announced or even spotted in stores or on menus. And that's right. We're going to kick it off today with Courageous Sherbert Mountain Dew Game Fuel. And Game Fuel Zero. Okay, you know the deal. Hold on. <laughs> Too many words. Too much <laughs> happening. It's a drink. It's Game Fuel. It's Game a drink. Fuel is the energy drink that Mountain Dew makes. And it's flavored sherbet. Sherbet. Courageous sherbet. It's a rainbow sherbet flavored, but it's only available online. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not getting it, Topher. Sorry. <laughs> GameFuel.com. Uh, it is a collaboration, I believe, with a streamer named Courageous goes by courageous pretty sure okay pretty sure uh available only in the uk skittles squishy clouds soft and airy foam gummies in fruits and crazy sours flavors the original fruit flavors in the uk are a bit different than here in the u.s they have lemon strawberry orange lime and black currant so they have black currant whatever that is but they also still get to have the lime and that makes me sad because i want lime Uh, And their sours mix includes pineapple, raspberry, apple, mandarin, and cherry. Okay. Pretty good mix. Um, Mo, I have a question. What do you think the biggest issue people have with Sour Patch Kids is? Um... Probably that they're too big to bite. That's right. They're just too darn big to eat in one bite. Yeah. Especially those Sour Patch watermelons. They're Uh just too big. Yeah. That's why Sour Patch Kids is releasing Sour Patch Kids Bites. Courage. That's right. Sorry. Courage, JD. You're right. He's done uh, Among Us. Thank you for that, Toffee. Uh, (laughs) Sour Patch Kids Bites. Original mix with just the heads of the Sour Patch Kids or the Bites Watermelon, which is just smaller watermelons. Uh, Seriously, these are some of the smallest poppable candies already. What is making them tinier? It's like when they made the mini M&M's. What was the point? They're already teeny tiny. You got to make them even teenier? 
Yeah, and it's not like you <laughs> ate just one. No, you got a handful that pretty much you equaled. You just the tube. That's true. Fill well, your mouth with the that? tube. That was a pretty good noise. I. I won't be able to recreate. I know, it. <laughs> I know, but that was that was a pretty good sound effect. Very good. Um, <laughs> many many M and M's are amazing, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> they, I will say, there is something different tasting about many M and M's as opposed to the original. But at the same time, like I was trying to get at, you didn't eat just one mini M M&M. and M. You ate the equivalent of like two or three, which is how many M and M's you would typically eat. But, so what was the point? What? <laughs> it, it did nothing. I'm a little bit more concerned that um, it's just the heads of the Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Where are the bodies? Off. Just Fred in the corner, just that, biting the bodies it. off and putting them in the bag for the little heads. Um, um, <laughs> um. Nobody else concerned about that? Tropical Adventure Tic Tacs coming out with pineapple, mango, banana, and passion fruit mix. Tic Tacs. Starburst Pops with a lollipop outside and a fruit chew inside are coming out in their original four flavors. Uh, it's like a fruitier Tootsie Pop. And yeah. these have existed, I think, two different times in the past. Okay. So this is like their third adventure to see if they're going to stick around. Shake Shack is coming in hot with a new hot honey chicken sandwich. A honey glazed crispy chicken breast topped with habanero mayo and shredded lettuce on a toasted potato bun. Hot honey chicken bites. Crispy whole white meat chicken bites dusted with hot honey seasoning served with habanero mayo sauce. And a hot honey fries. Crispy oh, crinkle cuts dusted with hot honey seasoning served with habanero mayo sauce. Okay, so listen, Shake Shack needs to hire you. <laughs> to do their to do their voiceover for their commercials because just like Matthew McConaughey with with Lincoln Lincoln right with yeah, yeah. uh huh yeah you are making me yeah, not want Shake Shack <laughs> hot, honey. hot honey that's no, how you that's how you, you say hot when you've been eating something hot uh-uh. hot uh, it is July Independence Day is long over and that means Halloween candy will start hitting shelves likely before the month is over in some areas including Butterfingers zombie eyeballs and crunch monster eyes i want to try the monster eyes i won't Mm-mm. lie Mm-mm-mm. i won't lie Mm-mm-mm-mm. although i feel like i feel like i feel like eyeballs would not be crunch like they could have come up with a well here's what i'm thinking they're doing uh for christmas for the last several years crunch has come out with like little circle bars for christmas specifically and sometimes they've been in the shape of like well, sometimes they're supposed to be like ornaments, but mostly they're like little Christmas scenes. Okay. But that's how they do it. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is the exact same thing. It's going to okay. come out and it's just going to be a monster eye design on the inside. And that's okay. the only reason. I'm just saying, if you were to eat an actual monster eye, I don't think it would be the consistency or the, the no, texture I bet it would crunch. of a crunch. Oh, heck yeah. That eye would crunch. You think? I'm positive. Like, I think more like... I'm positive. You bite into someone's eye, it's going to crunch, not splat. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we That's should try. That's our next discussion. That's the taste test right there. <laughs> Let's try eyeballs. <laughs> uh, limited edition all lime Skittles are now out in some areas. It's a bag of just the lime Skittles that we all love and miss. Hey, uh, I need to find just some. FYI, everyone who's listening, Matt's birthday is in September. <laughs> 
You can send uh, all, all your, your lime all bagged lime skittles. <laughs> we got two new Oreos coming out: apple cider donut Oreos, which uh, are you know vanilla, vanilla cookie kind, uh, and then salted caramel brownie Oreos. It has two layers of cream. It has a caramel layer and a brownie layer, and it also has actual salt sprinkled on top of the cookies. That one is one I want to try because it seems interesting. I'm not sure it'll be good, but it's interesting. A okay. salted cookie. A salted cookie. Uh. <laughs> Fun Fetty. Five to ten in the penitentiary, a salted cookie. <laughs> Fun Fetty, who seems to come out with a new product every week. That they've gotten their little Funfetti frosting flavor into for some dumb reason. It's now coming out with Funfetti flavored candy canes. Which I'm assuming is just a candy cane that tastes like icing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's got to be so uberly sweet. Ugh. Ugh. It doesn't sound good at all. They must be stopped. Look, going into this segment... You hinted to Funfetti, and I was super excited because I really do love Funfetti cake. Like, it brings out the... Yeah, the Funfetti cake is uh the best. It brings out the child in me, the little kid. Mm -mm. Um, But, yeah, I'm pretty pretty sad about it. Chuck E. Cheese, have have you ever been... In the grocery store saying, I would rather not be buying groceries. I would rather be eating Chuck E. Cheese. Nope, not once. Well, now you can do both because Chuck E. Cheese is now in your freezer section with cheese and pepperoni flavored pizzas. You make it home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for, I don't know, the last two seasons here, uh, like of the year, season years, years, seasons, fall, whatever. Fall, summer, spring, all that stuff. (laughs) We have had a new uh, divine comedy-themed ice cream bar coming from Magnum. Mm -hmm. Okay? So we are now in the last one. So first came the Inferno. Mm -hmm. Then came the Purgatorio. And now we have the Paradiso. Paradiso. Which has pistachio ice cream dipped in a ruby chocolate shell. And then dipped again in a white chocolate shell. <sighs> yeah, it sounds like paradise. And the divine comedy is complete. Uh, in the UK, Kit Kat Chunky Caramel Popcorn flavored Kit Kat bar. Okay, it's, it's a Kit out. Kat bar. It's a Kit Kat bar. It's yes. got a layer of like caramel popcorn I'm, on the top. I kind of want it. Seems interesting. I really liked those buttered popcorn M&Ms when they came out. Oh, yeah. Those were dope. Those were real good. Way better than the real good. fudge brownie. <laughs> Break me off a piece of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly here, last Wednesday was National Mac and Cheese Day. And to celebrate, Kraft teamed up with an ice cream shop, Van Leeuwen. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, to make a Kraft macaroni and cheese flavored French ice cream. They went on sale uh, online and in the Van Leeuwen shops a week ago. Not sure if you can still find it, but uh, would you want to? Nope, not even like a little bit. Would you try this, a mac Mm-mm. and cheese ice cream? Nope. No? Mm-mm. Remember they came out with the candy mac and cheese for for Valentine's Day this year? No, like I don't. Mac and cheese that tastes like candy? No. It wasn't candy. 
It was actually mac and cheese, but Mm -mm. it tasted, the sauce was like a pink candy flavor. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You know, um, I actually just told this story the other day talking about, what is it called? Diner dashing? When you leave a restaurant. Dining and dashing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've only done that once. Okay. And this is why. Listen, listen, this is why. Because we went to a restaurant, Topher was like a year and a half. Okay, Cannon was a teen, police. teeny Hello, tiny police. baby. <laughs> Put it away. <laughs> Listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to my story. Okay, um, teeny tiny baby. Teeny tiny baby. Um, we had ordered Topher mac and cheese. Okay, and yeah. then Chris and I—I I don't remember what we got, but anyway, um, the food comes out, and mine and Chris's is cold. We can tell it's been reheated, but Topher's. Mac and cheese is frozen. Frozen. You know how you cook mac and cheese and then you freeze it and you pull it out to reheat at a later time? That has never happened to me. That is what they did. <laughs> and I've never had mac and cheese last beyond the meal. <laughs> That's fair. We sent it back three times and we were very kind about it and just saying, hey, there's, there's ice in the mac and cheese. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. They send it back, or they take it back three separate times to reheat it. Still ice in the middle. Wow. So at that point, we were like, no, forget this. We're not eating it. We're not paying for so it. So you didn't so die and dash. And you left. just left. Yeah. It's like, I ain't eating this. And you left. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We did not dine. That's okay. We ordered and dashed, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take another quick break. <laughs> Uh, When we come back, our week of Disney duos continues as we discuss the best couples and friendships. Stick around. This week in nerd history, Harry Potter and the Elder Wand. This was almost the title of the last book of the Harry Potter series before J.K. Rowling instead chose the name Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which released in the U.S., U.K., and Canada on July 21st, 2007. Deathly Hallows shattered sales records upon release, surpassing marks set by previous titles of the Harry Potter series. It holds the Guinness World Record for most novels sold within 24 hours of release, with 8.3 million sold in the U.S. and 2.65 million in the U.K., Rowling completed the book while staying at the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh in January of 2007 and left a signed statement on a marble bust of Hermes in her room which read, J.K. Rowling finished writing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in this room, 552, on 11 January 2007. Of course, people couldn't wait to get their hands on the book, even if that meant breaking the law to read it, just a couple of days before its release. Several online leaks, including one that was actually a set of 759 photographs of each page of the book leaked online and spread through peer-to-peer and torrent sites. Scholastic also admitted that roughly 1,200 copies had been shipped out early to online purchasers, which of course meant that some of these copies ended up on eBay, being sold at a 1,300% markup, all because people couldn't wait literally less than a week to buy their own copy legally. But that's what you get with the final book of a massively popular series that is still fueling imaginations today. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. Yesterday, we talked about the newest Disney Pixar offering, Luca, which uh, I think we genuinely liked, even if it wasn't the best Pixar movie out there. Uh, We talked a lot about the mostly fabricated controversy around the movies, uh, or movie, but Uh came to the same conclusion as the director of the movie. It's about a powerful friendship and pretty much nothing else. Uh, Today, Mo and I are going to share our favorite Disney duos, be they friends or romantic partners, maybe family members, and we're going to share why they're some of our favorites. Uh Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we ended the show yesterday with a Twitter poll that asked, what's your favorite Disney duo, uh, Disney friendship? And uh, the one that I complained got the least amount of votes is one of my favorites, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope. Yeah. I really like that whole story about Ralph realizing he's not just destined to be a bad guy because this little girl believes in him. Uh-huh. Like that that whole the whole line of, you know, if someone like her likes me, I can't be all that bad. Yeah. That like broke my dang heart. That whole movie as silly, as goofy as that movie is. Oh, I love it. Made me want to cry like three or four different times throughout the thing. Yeah. Like, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the fact that, you know, take take out of the fact that he's like a grown man and she's a child. They're, you know, video game characters. They're ageless. So it doesn't really mean anything for uh-huh. that. But the fact that, you know, they have that connection of trust and friendship and all this and wanting the best for each other and sacrificing for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful friendship. I, I agree. It is one of my more favorites. And, you know, <laughs> maybe I just don't remember, but I feel like yesterday we talked about the controversy around Luca. I feel like... There could have been controversy around. I don't recall there being any controversy around Ralph and Penelope. Yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah. Just when you think. Just when you think you understand people. <laughs> you realize you really don't. <laughs> okay. So is it my turn? Yeah. Let's go back and forth. Okay. So the rescuers, Bernard and Bianca. The rescuers. Do you remember them? I forgot all about the rescuers. Oh, the rescuers and the rescuers down under. Down under. That's what I was about to say. Is they were. Down under? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Some of my favorite, favorite movies as a kid. And I could probably sit down and watch both of them back to back. And you know I am not a movie person. <laughs> but I could sit down and watch both of them back to back and just be so happy. <laughs> um but I honestly don't think I've seen them since I was a child oh. or thought about them since I was a child. I thought of Fievel. Oh, Fievel goes west. <laughs> okay. So Bernard and Bianca. Okay. I really, when we first talked about doing this, I was going back and forth between thinking of how many true like love stories you see in Disney movies between characters. And I think, 
Bernard and Bianca is one that is probably a little more obvious, Hmm. if you will. There is no denying that this is kind of, it's a love story. And it starts out, you know, with Bianca being way out of Bernard's league, but they're forced to work together on this task to save little girl. I can't even remember her name right now. Um, but to save this little girl, um, and then realizing that, yes, while they come from two very different worlds and um, seemingly Bianca could do far better than Bernard, they fall in love and they work together for one common goal, which I think sums up, honestly, a true relationship because mm. they overcome obstacles. What's the bird? Sully? Maybe that's not the bird. You remember the albatross that they have to fly on? I barely remember anything. But, oh, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, the bird that they have to fly on. I don't think it's Sully. I think that's on another movie. Um, they have to. F- oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I do remember what you're talking about. Yes. That was like their vehicle. Yes. Was the bird. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> albatross air. Um, Having to overcome these obstacles together and, yeah. you know, realize that, yeah, we may be different, but we have one common goal and we're working towards that. I love that. I feel like that was honestly a good setup for a relationship. Gotcha. Far better than what Disney usually does. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next one is the number uh, two vote from our poll yesterday Timon and Pumbaa. Okay. I feel like this is the ultimate bro couple. Yeah. Like they're not they're not romantic partners whatsoever, but they are so connected and so comfortable with each other that they don't care about the other's gross out stuff. Timon could care less that Pumbaa farts all the time and they're both they both eat grubs like they're going out of style and you know, gross and all this kind of stuff and but they also like protect each other, care for each other, are there for each other, mm-hmm. uh, and they just hang out. They just hang out and have fun together. Yeah. Like they don't want to be alone. They never show any kind of interest in any romantic partners outside. They just want to hang, have fun, live life together. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think another um, good bro couple, not quite as good as Timon and Pumbaa. But another good bro couple is Todd and Copper from The Fox and the Hound. Fox and the Hound. You're going old school with these movies. that's the only way to go. (laughs) Um, Of course, they end up parting ways because Todd does fall in love with Vixie. Um, But at the same time, you know, early when when Todd is a baby fox Mm -hmm. and... Copper is a pup. They're buddies. They're best friends. And they're, they really shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. They should be <laughs> villains. Should be enemies. Yeah. yeah. But they are best friends, you know, and they do everything together and they overcome their diversity to, to be buddy for buddies for the sake of friendship. And I can't help but wonder if they weren't animals, would we have heard the whole Luca scandal? With Todd and Copper, <laughs> with the fox and the hound, you know? Yeah. Um, gotcha. Probably the same for Timon and Pumbaa. Had they not been animals, 
right and of different species would yeah. we would That's we a, be hearing the argue the same argument interesting thought yeah you know yeah um i got carl and ellie mm-hmm. from up okay the saddest 12 minute opener of a movie Ever. And that's why I've never watched it. You've never seen it? I have never seen it. It's heartbreaking, but beautiful. When I cry my eyes out within the first couple minutes, I turn it off. (laughs) I mean, the story itself, it's it's telling you an entire love story in 12 minutes. And you connect with it so quick. And you love both of these characters so fast. It really is a tribute to how well they wrote that movie. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but then after 12 minutes, there's still a whole movie to go. <laughs> but it's beautiful because it, it shows two kind of weirdo kids fall in love, be friends first, and then like actually fall in love and have their whole life together and have ups and downs and tragedies and whatnot. And then eventually it's just him left as an old man. And he made this promise to her long before the tragedy started piling up that they would move their clubhouse, their house, to uh, Paradise Falls, Mm -hmm. which is a place that they had always wanted to go. And so that becomes the the crux of the movie, moving his house, their house, to Paradise Falls because he said he would, even though she was passed away at that point. It's beautiful. Beautiful story of commitment. there's another friendship in there with him and the boy that accidentally gets stuck on the, the house when it floats away. And so yeah. he's on this adventure, too. And it shows how, you know, kids can soften our hearts and and uh, make us less grumpy old grouches. And it's just it's it's got several beautiful uh, relationship stories in that movie. Mm. But uh, I like it. Yeah. Commitment. <laughs> um. My next one is Marlon and Dory. Okay. So, and this one is one that I think apparently people are torn on as to whether or not there was romance. What? Yeah. Um, what? Uh, there's there's a whole <laughs> slew of people who believe that towards the end of the movie that they kind of swim away as as a family, if you will. Well, I mean, they kind of do. And I, I not agree. A, yeah. Right. Not right. a romantic family. There's nothing that <laughs> lends us to believe that Marlon and Dory get married. Like, <laughs> And in fact, just the opposite at the beginning of Finding Dory, they live in separate little areas. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I think that this is another beautiful illustration of friendship. Yeah. You know, Dory had no idea who Marlon was. But saw someone struggling, saw someone having a difficult time, and decided, you know what? I can be of assistance. I can help. Even though for most of the movie, we all wonder, can she really help? (laughs) Can she really be of assistance? Or is she just causing bigger issues? Um, But, again, she overcame those obstacles, those hurdles, those things that... um, (laughs) kind of gave us all a, a semi-heart attack throughout the movie. <laughs> and it's all for the sake of friendship. Yeah. For helping someone in need. I think, truly, when you think about it, it wasn't 
because like I said, they weren't already friends. It wasn't an established friendship. And she said, okay, my friend is having a difficult time. Essentially, they were strangers and she saw someone struggling. So she chose to help. And through that help, they became friends. And I think that that really is something that we all need to remember just because we see someone having a difficult time or um, not at their best for whatever reason doesn't mean that something beautiful can't come out of it. Yeah. I agree. I I have two here that work similarly, uh, so I'm going to lump them together. Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. Uh and Woody and Buzz. Yeah. They're both like completely different types of people, characters who at first do not get along. Uh, Mike and Sully would be from Monsters University. That's where we see their uh, friendship start. First do not get along or find themselves stuck together anyway. And eventually the differences that, you know, kept them apart made them realize that they fit together really well as uh, friends, people, mm-hmm. uh, helping others. Uh, Winning Buzz was the number one vote in our poll yesterday. And, uh, I mean, you, you see these, all, all four of those Toy Story movies, you see just how that relationship changed between the two. Mm-hmm. From the first one, where it's all about them fighting each other, all the way up to the last one, where... Woody's making that decision to go live his life with Bo Peep, and mm-hmm. there's a whole just heartbreaking scene where him and Buzz are splitting up. Yeah. And how they knew that that was the worst part of this decision, mm-hmm. the hardest decision uh, to make, but the right one. Mm-hmm. But we just saw that that friendship that that's true that true friendship in spite of the fact that they get on to each other and don't like everything about each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw the same thing with Mike and Sully. Sully uh, found himself in a situation he didn't want to be in. Mike tried to convince him to make the best of it. Uh, both gave up on each other at different points, and uh, ultimately the situation they were in forced them to get along, forced them to become friends, and. Just that little bit of a push, a little bit of a it has to happen kind of thing can be enough to make lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's been several situations in both our lives where that's happened. Yeah. Where we've been put in a situation with people we didn't expect to be friends with, but because we were stuck in that situation, there were lifelong friends that were birthed from that situation. Hi, friend. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All because I didn't want you to die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In that same vein, somewhat, Lumiere and Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast. Mm, Okay. Two very different characters, very different personalities, but together realize that they can't do anything. They can't do anything properly all the way 100% without the other one. Mm. They have to be a team. They have to work together for the common good of, you know, all of them becoming people again and not objects. Yeah. Um, But that is probably one of my favorite, like, belly laugh friendships in all of Disney because 
there's just so much comedy between the two of them because they are so vastly different. They're very different characters, yeah. Uh huh. Just completely. But at the same time, it's like R two D two and C three PO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> both droids. Both very different. Yeah. Personalities. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but without both of them working together, it you know. Beauty and the Beast would have looked incredibly different, I believe. <laughs> uh, so from Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack Skellington and Sally, for one specific reason. I like the fact that Sally still chooses to be in this relationship with Jack, even though Jack did not take her advice, was pig-headed, and decided to go out and try his own thing and fail at it. Okay. Because that's going to happen in couples. There's going to be a situation where one or the other is so convinced that they know what's got to be done, they know how to get it done, while the other one's like, well, maybe we shouldn't. We're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're going to go out, we're going to be foolhardy, try and do something our way, and then realize our spouse was right all along. And we still want our spouse to be there when yeah. we find out that we were wrong. Yep. And I think that's rarer and rarer these days. A lot of time when one spouse screws up royally, the other one's like, well, told you, and I'm gone. And, uh, I mean, this is a silly connection to make with Jack Skelton, <laughs> Skellington and Sally, but still. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what we see. Yeah. <laughs> is that she's still stuck with him even though he failed uh -huh. and didn't listen to her. And on the flip of that one, because, you know, there will be people who will be like, don't be a Sally. Don't stick around for, for a guy who doesn't listen to you. Mm -hmm. On the flip, we have... Kristoff and Anna from Frozen 2, mm. whereas Kristoff did exactly the same thing. Anna was stubborn and thought that she knew what she was supposed to do, and Kristoff kept telling her, no, don't, you know, and, and she went and found herself in trouble. But in the end of, end of it all, you don't have a, a pig-headed, mean misogynistic Kristoff who's like, I told you, you should have listened to me. You have comfort. You have security where he says, okay, now we'll work this out together. Let's tackle this as a team. So I think in Frozen 2, I can remember saying that was the first time that you see a male Disney character kind of take the back seat to a female lead, if you will. Be the calm, rational one. Uh -huh. um, but at the same time, to be truly what what I would want my daughter to look for in a man. Mm, gotcha. You know? Yeah. Um, it may be one of the very few Disney movies that I would be like, this is an attainable relationship to work towards. That's Not a, fairy that's, tale. That's a, yeah, that's a good phrase yeah. for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that for sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll stick with Frozen then. Uh, I have Anna and Elsa. Anna. Anna, Anna and Elsa. Uh, <laughs> I want it to be Anna, okay? <laughs> Two of my best friends growing up, I their know. names were Anna, but it's Anna. Anna and Elsa. Uh, I really did like that element of Frozen uh, that it wasn't like true love's kiss or whatever that saved the day. It was the love between the two sisters. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was cool, <laughs> and the fact that you know the movie started off with the fact that they were 
basically separated yeah. for their entire childhoods because of that one event that happened mm-hmm. when they were little. And uh, how it's still built up to, even in the worst situation where everything went wrong, the love between that family could still help the problem, mm-hmm. solve the problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a... The phrase, blood is thicker than water, you know, actually means the opposite of what we think it means. Uh, it's the blood of battle is thicker than... Uh, Being able to wash it away? Water of birth or something like that. Oh. Like, it's it's like uh, you build your own friend, you build your own family, and that family is the stronger family, one that you build yourself, that usually comes through okay. being in tough situations. Okay. And... I think a lot of us tend to be that way. I mean, I know I feel that way with my family, is that I don't connect well with any of my family. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my mom. My mom loves me, and we're probably the most close. But even then, I don't feel like we're super close. I'm not close at all with either of my brothers. Uh, it was not until the last few years of my dad's life that we got close. Like, I look at my wife's family and how close they are, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, Pfft. Wish we'd had that. Wish we cared about each other yeah. <laughs> at all. And I think there's a lot of families that do that, especially these days where the kids just, the well, the parents both one think one way, kids think another way, and they use that to separate the family completely. As soon mm-hmm. as the kid grows up, they're gone. And, you know, I'm not going to go home and hear my parents lecture me and whatever. And then, you know, families break down. Yeah. And I think that's sad. And I think that's more common. Uh, as we go along in life. So to have a movie focus on the fact that uh, building those relationships, those familiar relationships and keeping them into adulthood is an important thing. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um, Oh. I've only got two more. Okay. Peter and Tink. (laughs) I don't know if I agree with this one. Well, okay. Tink's a bit of a crazy person. Well, Tink is crazy. <laughs> Tink is crazy. Tink is crazy. <laughs> However, Tink just wants what everyone else, and quote unquote, I'm using everyone else in quotations, what everyone else in the world has. And that's someone who loves her. Mm. Someone who cares about her. Even the lost boys have each other. Yeah. You know? Um and Tink thinks that she's found that in Peter. And really, she has. He does care about her. He does love her. But it's a friendship love. And that's something that Tink has to learn and realize. And that doesn't ruin their friendship. They don't have to sever ties at that point. Peter continues to respect and love Tink. And Tink learns to understand, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. But that doesn't mean that it's... It can't be a good thing. Mm, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, when talking about friendships with kids, with our children, and there's going to be times where they're going to question, especially my boys. My boys tend to have more girlfriends than guy friends. That's how I was, too. Yeah. As a Still girl, am, honestly, as a girl, I had more guy friends than I did girlfriends. So I get it. Um but having to walk through those weird 
relationship struggles yeah. with my boys, this doesn't have to be an end all be all. Just because you're on different pages doesn't mean that the friendship is over. And I think we get that from Tink and Peter really well. I keep wanting to end this with I agree, and it sounds like I'm just not being sincere, but I do agree with everything <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> I agree. Let's move on. I know Harley. you agree with me. <laughs> uh, I could have talked about this one with the last one, uh, but Barley and Ian Lightfoot mm, from mm-hmm. Onward. Yeah. Beautiful brother relationship. Uh, made me cry. Like, Anna and Elsa didn't make me cry. Barley and Ian Lightfoot made me cry because I see in them what I want to see the connection between my two boys. Yeah. Like, just even though they get on each other's nerves, even though they'll fight and they'll disagree. Total opposite. Total opposite people. Mm-hmm. The, the love, even the willingness to sacrifice your own happiness for your brother or your own goals for your brother, being willing to trust your brother even when you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, all these kind of things. That's something that... Uh, is a powerful bond that I really hope my boys are going to be able to have for their whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I really love that movie. Onward is a great movie. It is a great movie. I, um, I've always thought that Barley and Ian are like the perfect character representation of my boys. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can see that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I felt very much the same way watching it, thinking, oh, please let them be like that, <laughs> please. Um, cause some days it, it's a struggle. All right. So my last one I'm reaching. Okay. Ready? Okay. Sven and Kristoff. <laughs> but listen, okay. When you consider Kristoff's upbringing, Mm-hmm. With the rocks, the rock people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, essentially, he was orphaned. Mm-hmm. And all that he had was Sven. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it it's a perfect picture of the friendship, the camaraderie, the emotional support that we can get from pets, from having animals in our lives who love us. And as crazy and silly and far-fetched as it may sound, I think that having that relationship in a movie to kind of, um, to look towards, I guess, um, is just a good encouragement that pet ownership is important, not just for the animals, but emotionally, it's good for us as well. I mean, really, Kristoff wouldn't have been anything without Sven. <laughs> he really wouldn't have been. I mean, sure. <laughs> he would have been. Pet and human connection. Okay. I didn't know we were going to go that a route. Creek <laughs> at Oaken's Lodge without a way out. All right, my last one here is Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, or the Pars. Uh, there, if, for the two movies, we see both of them trying to grow as people individually, and it causing issues 
with the other one mm -hmm. for feelings of either uh, fear that the relationship might end or feelings of inadequacy. Mm -hmm. But despite them growing individually, they are also both intensely committed to staying together mm -hmm. and making that family stronger. And so that shows that we can still struggle with our, our own identities as we get older. Things can change. Our priorities can change. Our, some of our beliefs can change. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everything that was birthed out of that, including our marriages and our children and everything like that, needs to be done away with. Right. <laughs> you can still grow together as you've grown individually. Right. And I feel like the that intense um, that intense commitment to marriage is something that we also have just, uh, of course, seen less and less and less and less and less. Like, in spite of it, I mean, in that first movie, she thought he was cheating on her, mm -hmm. and then she was what she found out. She thought was even worse. What actually was happening, she thought was even worse. Mm -hmm. But there was not a single threat of divorce or leaving you or going and staying at a friend's house or right. anything like that. She didn't pack a bag. She didn't pack a bag. Yeah. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. She angrily committed to, <laughs> to loving this man. <laughs> I know what that's like. And that's the right <laughs> way to do this thing. Right. You're not always going to be in the perfect harmony you might not even always be perfectly happy and that's okay because it's a season mm -hmm. it's a season in your life that will pass yep. and you will grow even closer if you tough it out and stick through it mm -hmm. so i really love that i really love that relationship yeah <sighs> all right that was fun yeah that was fun uh -huh. disney movies are not bad however Tune in next time, because tomorrow the conversation continues as we discuss how Disney sets up our relationships for failure. But right now, we're going to take one last break. Stick, Stick around. around. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we wanted to share some things that we love. Okay, ready? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've binge-watched a show. It's been a long road. But on a recommendation, it's my turn to talk. It's been a long time. Be quiet. Stop singing. But my time is finally here. Sorry. It's been a long time since I've been watched a show, but on the recommendation of a friend, I, you know, since I'm on summer break, I turned on Cruel Summer the other day. Cruel? Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer. Mm -hmm. Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer. Uh -huh, it's on Hulu. Okay. One season. 
uh, 10 episodes, I think, 10 or 11 episodes. It follows the life, essentially, of two girls, two high school girls, um, over the course of three summers. Okay, so they go back and forth into time and back into time, and you know, into okay. the future. And okay, okay. What's that foreshadowing and... Post shit? Back, why, I want to say backshadowing, back but I don't, I don't think, think that's, that's right. Anyway, um, foreshadowing and then the reverse of foreshadowing. Okay. Um, um, and so it... It's kind of what this... That's like what This Is Us does. Yes. They have foreshadowing, but yes. it's told from a future perspective. Exactly. And then you find out what happened. Exactly. I think it's still called foreshadowing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, without giving away too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one girl goes missing. She is found and um, tells the world on a news station that there was someone who saw her and could have saved her and rescued her and says the name of that person and completely ruins the life of that girl. Jeez. Uh-huh. And... So it goes through the story, going back and forth between the three summers um, to figure out what really happened. Interesting. It's so good. Interesting. So good. Uh, Okay. Well, mine is also kind of obscure, and it's a movie that I found on Prime. There's one of those suggested, like, you watch this, and you'll Mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. It's called The Mandela Effect. Now, we've kind of talked about the Mandela effect before, and that's where you, where a, a bunch of people remember something being one way, but it's actually the other way. Okay. Like a bunch of people remember Sinbad starring in a movie called Shazam mm-hmm. as a genie, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was Shaquille O'Neal starring in a movie called Kazam as a genie. A bunch of people remember it's the Berenstain Bears with mm-hmm. an E-I, but it's really the Berenstain Bears with an A-I, mm-hmm. like all these kind of things. And so this movie sets up with a, a girl, uh, well, a family at a beach, but there's a little girl, and she's got a Curious George uh, stuffed animal, and she's holding it by the tail and uh, going towards the water. And so I was like, what are you doing? And like, well, I'm just going to be digging for shells. I won't go in the water. So I said, okay. And uh, the George stuffed animal gets washed out into this, the ocean a little bit. And so she's like looking over and she's like, I'm going to go get it. And so she goes, but she drowns. So mm. that's the start of the movie. Okay. But in the like build up to that, we're seeing the family, we're seeing bits and pieces, and we're seeing them watching Star Wars and hearing the phrase, Luke, I am your father. And seeing the Berenstein Bears with the EI and all these all these little things, watching or renting that movie, Shazam, with Sinbad, all this. And then the girl's gone. And the first thing he notices, he picks up one of the books from her room, the Berenstein Bears, and it says Stain Bears. And so he's, like, having this kind of weird panic over it, and he's asking a couple of buddies, like, do you remember the, the Berenstein Bears books? Yeah, the, the Jewish bear family. Yeah. Let's <laughs> guy said, well, you know what's Stain? And it's always been Stain? And they're looking up on the internet, like, that's really weird. And then what breaks him is that he sees a Curious George book. And Curious George does not have a tail. 
Curious George has never had a tail. But the stuffed animal that she had was Curious George with a tail. And that's when he starts freaking out about something's wrong, something is broken uh, with the world, and he finds out about the Mandela effect. And so he starts researching all this, and he finds this guy that uh, postulates that what's actually happening is that we are in a simulation, like the Matrix. We Mm -hmm. are in a simulation. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so he seeks out to try and find this guy. Like, he's he's freaking out his own wife, freaking out uh, everything else. And uh, he finds the guy, eventually forces him to talk about it. And suddenly, he has his daughter back. But then other things in the world start to, like, break down and go nuts, including his wife. And so it's like the simulation found out that he found out about it. And so it's all about now having to fix that situation. That's as far as I'll go. Weird. Won't spoil anything else. It's a really compelling, interesting movie. I've never heard of it before. I really liked it. Okay. If you're into those kind of like mind-bending, not action. There's no action. It's not action-heavy or anything. It's just one of those, you know, psychological, weird-out movies it's like essentially like it's like the Twilight Zone, you know. It's like a movie based on a Twilight Zone type thing. It's really good. I like Interesting. it. Mandela Effect, free on Prime, and uh, yeah. Let's uh, end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Psalm forty six ten. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles and all things nerdy, as well as this show, LT and Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LT and Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LT and Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will too. Mo, final thought. Hey, adopt and rescue those animals. You might find your Sven. <laughs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd. I had no idea where you were going. <laughs>